Please open up your Bible to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Truly, we appreciate everything that the Lord is doing for us on this day. Amen. Amen. Colossians chapter 2, starting with verse 1. For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. Laodicea was one of the churches Jesus spoke to in Revelation. He said, you are neither hot or cold. I wish you were one or the other. Laodicea were rich monetarily, but bankrupt spiritually. Both Laodicea and the Colossians were hit by the earthquake. Laodicea was able to rebuild without Rome's help. Verse 2 says that their hearts might be comforted, meaning may they be soothed in their afflictions, being knit together in love or connected, and to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Just like us, they needed to understand why Christ came and for who. Paul said this, We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. The mystery is calling the Gentiles to be fellow heirs with the Jews. Earlier, Paul said God would make known what the riches of the glory and the mysteries among the Gentiles. The world would have you believe Christ is not our hope. They would have you believe he did not die for us at all. For God said this through Paul to us in Romans 11, 21 through 25. It says, for if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee, being the Jews. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fail severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. For thou wert cut, for if thou wert cut off, cut out of the olive tree which is is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to natural nature into a good olive tree, tree, this being us, how much more shall these? which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of Gentiles become, become in. One writer said, The mystery of God is the plan of redemption in God and Christ which unites the Jews and the Gentiles in one body under Christ as head. A mystery is something that cannot be explained or fully understood. But salvation is no longer a mystery. It is now available to all that believe in the Christ. 
And with that belief, we can be united with Father God. For all that believe and receive Jesus as the Christ, the Son of God, and allow him to be your head, can be united. Verse 3 says in Colossians, In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The treasures that are hid are no longer hid. Christ, the mediator, is our treasure. And the wisdom and knowledge in him is the abundant treasure we need. 1 Corinthians 1 and 24 said, But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Meaning, Christ has appeared to both Jew and Gentiles as the power of God. And through him, the power of salvation comes. In in the wisdom of God, we can see beauty in his character, excellency in his teaching. In the treasure of his knowledge, we see guidance in the way of life. We are able to be instructed in all that is desirable to know. And we don't have to surrender to the philosophy or teachings of man. Verse 4 says, And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. No two ways about it. Man wants to deceive you in salvation. Romans tells us, Mark them which cause division and offense contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. It says also, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speech deceive the hearts of many. The world wants to convince you salvation is not real. Their goal is to stir up confusion and disbelief. But most of all, they want to merchandise you for their personal gain. They prey on you to deceive you so you will follow them. Philippians 3, 18 and 19, Paul says, For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. All the world cares about is helping self. Back to Colossians, verse 5. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. When writing this, Paul was in prison. Prison being a place of restriction, loss of liberty or confinement. But even there, Paul rejoiced in their faith in Christ. Prison can also be a state of spiritual bondage. Some religions hold or confine people in bondage by the doctrines and traditions of men. Jesus said he came to preach deliverance to the captive. And he who the son makes free is free indeed. Jesus came to free us from religion and denominations. He died that we would not be confined to their beliefs. Now, did you know most trends of the world become a trend in the church? One reason for this is the church refuses to separate themselves from the world by embracing what they do. Churches are beginning to embrace the LGBTQ. They are beginning to protest with the world. 
Politicians are using the church to campaign. Churches are afraid and, and are beginning to depend on the world for their support. They need to survive as a church. These things are being embraced to add and maintain a certain level of membership. The scriptures are clear. And they warn us to come out from among them. Verse 6 says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. The things we've been taught about the Father. The things we've been taught about the Son. What we have been taught about God's will. And what we have been taught about salvation. As we have received these teachings... Let no man convince us otherwise, but let us walk in and do them. Now it tells us in verse 7, Rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. Even after reading what it says in verse 6, it is not enough. We must go deeper. We need to be rooted, which means to have a support in what we believe, to be firmly established in it. We need to be built up. Regardless of how deep we think we are rooted, we are not rooted deep enough. Our faith needs to be built up. Hebrews 6, 1 and 2 said, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of the baptism and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. We must study the things we believe and make them a practice in our lives. This must be lived and taught by example. God's people and it's sad to say this, God's people are beginning to dis disregard what is written and are beginning to embrace what is spoken by the men of this world who don't know Christ. Verse 8 says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. We do what we do, do, we need to beware of today. First, let's define beware. It means to be cautious or to be on guard. We need to be on guard with the personal opinions of others. What people say can harm you. We must protect what goes into our ears. The world wants to rob you of your faith in Christ by way of philosophy. Philosophy is an educated opinion of distorted facts. Remember, Paul said, mark them which cause division, offense, contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. And then he said, avoid them. In Hebrews, he said, be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. Just like we try to protect our children from gangs, predators, pimps and drugs. Father, <clears throat> Father is trying to protect us from Satan. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. Satan is still trying to steal the word from us, kill the relationship we have, 
and destroy our soul. What is important to know is in verse 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Remember, it pleased the Father that in Jesus should all fullness dwell. Everything we need is in Christ. Father has given him all power. He has given him all authority. And Jesus is fully supported by the Spirit of God. First Peter tells us, who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Christ came into the world as a representative of God to bring and establish his will among men. And Jesus said, whatsoever you ask the father in my name, that will I do. Look at verse 10. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. In Christ is where everything dwells. The wisdom which is needful to give, to guide us. The atonement to be made free from sin. Meaning Jesus took it. Provides us with the worth by which we can be justified. He's given us the grace needed to sustain us in the trials. All this came by and through the victory of Jesus' life. John says, of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. Paul also said, by of him are you in Christ, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So in Christ, we are complete. And we have all we need to be to perfect and justify us in salvation. Christ, having the fullness of God, the Godhead and God dwelling in him, means there is nothing that can touch him. Man could not kill him. Death could not sting him. And the grave could not hold him. With us, no weapon formed against us can prosper. We are more than conquerors. We are heirs and joint heirs, sons and daughters, and we are the ambassadors of Christ. Verse 11 says, In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Our circumcision is not from the law or by the law. It is not a cutting away a part of the flesh, but it is a putting away of sin by the circumcision of the heart. It is the operation of his grace and spirit. The law requires the circumcision of the flesh, but the gospel requires the circumcision of the heart, both to male and female, Jew and Gentile. Verse 12 says, buried with him in baptism, Wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. When we were baptized, we were buried with Christ. Romans tells us we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Then it says, through the faith of the operation of God. We must believe the surgery on our heart has taken place. We must believe God is operating on us. 
There are two characteristics we need in building up God's children. Faith and love. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith works by love. Mm -hmm. Look at verse 13. And you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. In other words, now that we have been buried with him in baptism and risen in newness of life, circumcision of the flesh is not necessary. Man was circumcised before John started baptizing, but now circumcision becomes a part of all righteousness being fulfilled in Christ. Circumcision on a male today is for cleansing purposes. It does not save you or make you any less or more of a man. Verse 14 tells us, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Meaning Jesus nailed it to the cross. Today, man is taking it off the cross and trying to put us back under the law. Verse 15, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them, openly triumphing over them in it. Jesus made us free from the principalities and powers. This refers to all the enemies that held man in subjection. Jesus put them to shame. The cross was a chariot of triumph. Hebrews 2 and 14 says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death, he being Jesus, might also destroy, might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Verse 16 in Colossians. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or, drink, or in drink, or in respect of a holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days. This had to do with the eating and drinking of the things that were forbidden by the Mosaic law. We are not under the law, so this does not pertain to us. The holy days refer to keeping the special feast days of the law, not the holidays we have created. New moon is the Jewish months governed by the moon. Each new moon was the beginning of a month which was celebrated by a special feast. Sabbath days would include all the Sabbaths of the law. The Sabbath, if days Found the Sabbath days found in Exodus sixteen twenty three. The Sabbath of the weeks is found in Deuteronomy sixteen and nine. The Sabbath of years is found in Exodus twenty three ten. Then the year of jubilee found in Leviticus twenty five. Once again, this applied to the Jews under the law, which both now the Jews and the Gentiles have been made free from. Colossians 17, verse 17, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he had not seen, vainly puffed up by the fleshly mind. Many then and now have missed the direction of God. Then they were taught they had to approach God through the mediation of angels 
and you could not worship God directly. Today, we are still taught things that are under the law and we are expected to follow them when we have been made free of them. Man is not seeing God because of the traditions and customs of men, along with the philosophy and rudiments of the world. Verse 19, and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands have nourishment ministered and knit together increaseth with the increase of God. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances, touch not, taste not, and handle not? If we have received Christ, and we have been made free by the, his death from the rules of this world, why would we put ourselves under the authority of the law, such as touch not, taste not, and handle not? When it comes to eating things, Colossians 2.16 said, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink, or in respect of a holy day, or of the new moons, or of the Sabbath days. Romans 14.17 said, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 8.8 says, but meat commendeth us not to God. For neither if we eat are we the better, if we eat not are we the worse. And then in 1 Timothy 4, 3, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. If you know the truth, it means you know what you have been made free of. All these things, and you are aware of the bondages and guilt trips man tries to put on you. Verse 22, which all are to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will and will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. So don't let man and the law stop you from enjoying the things of God and the things that God has created for us and stop you from worshiping him and speaking to him and hearing from him. And that does not stop at the things you eat. Remember what it says in Romans 8, 38 and 39. And we will close with this. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, for nor neither nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ died, giving you the right to go before the throne boldly for yourself. In him our salvation is secure. With that, my time is up, and I thank you for yours.